Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Wow, so blessed to see so many of you out today. Um, I guess you found out the rain didn't melt you, huh? <laughs> Praise God. Just awesome, awesome day today. I'm, I'm so, so, so glad that you're all here today. Now, I, I'm not going to be preaching long this morning because I believe that God wants to do something at the end of the service today. And so I'm going to just bring to you what I believe are the most important parts of this message that the Lord's given me for this weekend. Um, the question that has haunted mankind ever since the Garden of Eden is this question of who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And, and, and we struggle with this even to this day. If there's something that I get requests for prayer so often, it's such a common topic, is Pastor, pray, pray that I'd be able to find my purpose. Pray that I'd be able to discover what am I here for? What, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What, what is my part to play in life? I want to tell you today, your purpose is love. You are the object of God's love. He loves you. I know you hear that so many times, and people can say, yeah, 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 I know God loves me, but my life is not demonstrating that right now. Give me a few minutes. Give me a few minutes. I believe that God's going to speak something to your heart today. I believe that, that this day, um, you're going to leave this place impacted. You're going to leave here today understanding how God sees you, how God sees us even in the worst of times. Uh, the times when you want to beat yourself up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The times when you, you don't want to come to church and you say, I don't deserve to be there. I really, I can't even stand in God's presence because of what I've done. It's in those times that we need to understand his love more than ever. Amen? I want to bring you a scripture, Psalm 40, uh, verse 1. I believe David wrote this psalm. And verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. Verse 2 says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see it and see what he has done and be amazed. And they, the ones who see it, are going to put their trust in God. David said, my worst of times, I cried out to the Lord. I waited. How many, how, many of you, how many of you cried out and waited? Waited, waited for God to move and God to answer and God to come through. And he says, and he lifted me out. Say that to me. He lifted me out. Come on, you guys can say it better than that. He lifted me out. And he goes on to say what he lifted us out of, the mud, the muck, the mire. I just say this with the, the trash heap that your life used to be or maybe you're still in it right now, he desires to lift you up out of it. He desires to take you out of a place where there's instability, and he desires to put you, as he calls it, on a solid rock, a, a place of stability. And we know that that place of stability is not a geographic place, it's a person. And his name is? Jesus. Thank you. Now, the thing about life is, 
And even the thing about God's love, which you understand that God's love now, we experience for the most part through other people. I thank God for the person who loved me enough and loved to obey God enough 35 years ago that came into my life because they saw that I was in the muck, I was in the mire, I was in the trash heap and took the time to love me. It took the time to talk to me about Jesus and talk to me about how much God really truly loved me. But the truth is, you and I cannot lift people from where they are if you don't first reach people where they are. Sometimes we have a, 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 an expectancy in the church that as soon as you walk through those front doors, it's like you went through a filter and all the junk and all the sin and all the garbage in your life, we, we, we feel like it's supposed to filter everything out. How many of you know that's unrealistic? I remember one time approaching uh, a person on the street, you know, a friend of mine, together we were going around handing out little pamphlets and telling people about Jesus, you know, doing the good little thing. And, and we came to these, to these young ladies and, and, and began to give them some pamphlets. and said, no, 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 you know, I, I got to get my life together first. I can't come to God yet. I got too much junk going on in my life, too much filth going on in my life. I said to the person, obviously, they're living down the shore here. I said to this one lady, did you ever go fishing? She goes, yeah, yeah, I've been fishing. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you clean the fish after you catch it, or do you catch the fish first and and then you clean it? You know the answer. I said, why don't you let God catch you? Let him catch you. He'll do the cleaning. Amen. Amen? So if you're here this morning and you've been going through that same thing in your head, like, you know, I, I got to get this out of my life and I got to get that out of my life. I got to stop doing this and I got to become a better person. Then I can come to God. You, you got the thing wrong. You got it all backwards. Come to him and he'll take care of it. Amen? Amen. He'll do the clean. Turn to somebody and say, he'll do the cleaning. So the key words today are lift up, lift up. He lifted me up, David said. And in turn, you and I are supposed to be, our purpose is love. Get a hold of that. And what, should, what should, the motivation of our life at this point should be, who can I lift up? Somebody came and lifted me up. Jesus lifted me up through that person and that person. That person. Who can I now get in? Who, who, can I, who can I, on God's behalf, get involved in so that God can use me to touch that person's life? That's our purpose. That's right. So if you're walking through life frustrated, it's probably because you haven't come to that realization yet. Put, your hand, put yourself in God's hands. Let him use you. Let him put you in relationship with people so that you can touch their lives. And you will, you will come into a place of contentment and security and stability like you have never experienced before. You will know true peace. There's so many Christians, so many people come to Christ, they come to Jesus, they pray that prayer. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart. And there's an expectation that you're supposed to just experience complete peace from that point. And we do. We do. But then we still have to walk through life. Yeah, when you realize when you, when you said that prayer, you didn't immediately get translated to heaven. You remember that? You're still here. Turn to somebody and say, we're still here. So you got to live life. You still got to live some life here on the earth. And so then it's amazing, man. I even went through this in my own life, how frustrating it could be as a Christian. Because in our spirit, we know this is the way we're supposed to go. We're supposed to go towards God. Yet our mind, our, our flesh, you know what I mean by flesh? Our just nature, our nature, our old nature wants to wants to still do the things we used to do, wants to still sin, wants to still 
go towards darkness. And so it could be a life that's very frustrating. And sometimes we fall. Has anybody here ever fallen? Let me see your hands. Come on, come on, be honest. Let me see. How, how many have ever still fallen, even after you became a Christian? Yeah, we have. And so what I want to bring you today is relief. Not to say, well, pastor said I can sin. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to just go party and I'm just going to go have sex with anybody I want. I'm just going to. No, the relief I'm bringing this morning is relief to that pain and that nagging, that guilt and condemnation when you realize I'm back in the mud again. I'm back in the filth again. Now, religion would tell you, God's mad at you. God doesn't want to see you. Don't go to church. That's the last place you need to go because you're a sinner. Jesus, in his attempt to prepare his disciples for his crucifixion, on the night before he went to the cross, taught them something. And it was a blessing to them, but it got misrecorded over the years, mistranslated. Because what we find out sometimes is people that translated the Bible into English from the original languages... They were people. And sometimes they came across the original language and went, oh, I can't be this good. Can't be this good. So they changed a word or two to fit what they thought was common sense. I want to bring you one of those instances. I know for me, this portion of Scripture caused me a lot of pain and discomfort until I found out what it really said. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. The second verse is where the mistake took place. Verse 2 says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, here's what I want to get to. Jesus is a master teacher. He is using a natural illustration to demonstrate or to illustrate a spiritual truth. Now, he starts out saying that he is the true vine. His father is the gardener. What, is the, what does the gardener do? The gardener takes care of that which is planted, right? So it's, it's, if Jesus is the vine, you and I are the branches, we're supposed to bear fruit. Yes? yes. Okay. They look real, don't they? <laughs> so the main goal of the gardener is to help the vine and the branches to produce what? Verse 2 says, in most of our translations, he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. These portions, this portion of Scripture used to scare me. 
Because I know there was times when I fell off the vine and went back into the mud. You listening? But if you don't understand this in the original language, it sounds like every time I fall, every time I end up in the mud again, every time I end up in the, I'll put it nicely, in the fertilizer, <laughs> he's going to come and cut me off. This scripture worried me for decades to one day. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because let me, let, me let me just tell you this and, and learn this now, please. If you are a person who is actually really seeking truth and you're real honest with God, he's going to let you find it. He's going to get it to you. He's either going to talk to you himself and explain something or he's going to bring you to, to a place where you're going to find the answers that you need. God loves seekers of truth, okay? And some, some of the most flaky people you're ever going to meet in the world are seekers of truth. They're weird. They come across crazy sometimes because like, they're constantly looking for truth. And, and most times what ends up happening is you don't find it right away. And so in your journey, you might have gotten involved. I know I got involved in crazy. My wife thought I was nuts. I got involved in all kinds of craziness before I came to Jesus but I was seeking truth. And so we'd have these six-month little fads and phases that I would go through. That's why she watched me for 18 months after I got born again to say, I don't know if this is another craziness he's going through or if this one is real. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I went through the whole vegan thing, went to all kinds of stuff. And if that's you, God bless you. I like meat. <laughs> Somebody posted a picture the other day on Facebook of Noah's Ark and said, he saved a steak, he didn't save lettuce. But lettuce is good too, right? With a lot of dressing on it. So now watch. Let, let me ask you this question. Now let's look at this even from a business standpoint. Jesus is using the illustration of a vineyard. A vineyard produces what kind of fruit? And grapes. Gra grapes. And grapes, if you stomp them, will produce what? See where your minds went? I was going to say grape juice. But the point is this, you plant a vineyard because you want, somebody said wine. I'll have, I'm going to have to teach in that one in the future. But listen to me, hear me out, hear, hear my heart today. It does not make sense that God would be out there every time that grape, those grapes, every time that fruit falls in the mud, cut them off. Why? Because eventually you'd have no profit. Eventually you'd have no grapes. Eventually, you'd have no grape juice, and eventually, you'd have no wine. We're on that one today. <laughs> so watch. So this can't mean this. It doesn't make sense. It's contrary to God's nature and his character. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because here's what I think. If God loved us so much that he sent his son to suffer a horrible death on the cross, are you going to tell me? that Jesus' death was that worthless to the Father, that every time you fall off the vine and end up back in the mud, he's going to cut you off? So I went on a search. And thank God I came across a book written by a man named Bruce Wilkinson. That book is entitled The Secrets of the Vine. And here's, let me just paraphrase this because we're running out of time. Here's what he says. He's at a conference in Southern California, or California someplace, in grape country, wine country, Okay? And as he's speaking at this conference, he begins to explain this scripture. And he says, it's amazing that 
every place else in the Bible where the words cut off are used, it is never translated cut off. I'm talking about the original words that were used here. It's always translated lift up. He said why they chose to translate it cuts off here makes no sense because every other place in the Bible where those words are used either in Hebrew or Greek, it means lift up. Now listen to how different this scripture sounds. I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He lifts up every branch in me that does not produce fruit. What does he say? When that vine has produced a branch and that branch that's producing fruit falls off the trellis. You know, you've seen vineyards, they don't grow on the ground. They tie them up. They tie them to a trellis so that the grapes can grow without being in the mud, without being subject to mildew and mold from water that lays there, from not being attacked by insects and disease and stuff like this. But every once in a while, one of those branches can fall and end up in the mud again. And so what this man went up to Bruce Wilkinson after the conference and said, I own one of the biggest vineyards in this area. He said, part of my staff, this is their job. Every single day, they take a bucket of water and a soft cloth. And on their hands and knees, they crawl through the vineyard to see, have, have any of the branches fallen off the trellis and are now on the ground again? And he said, we don't cut them off. We'd have no profit. He said, they lift them. They might have to put them in the bucket of water and let that mud soak off. He said, they'll take that cloth and they'll, they'll clean it. If there's any that have gotten mildew on them, they'll get rid of those. If there's any pests, any insects. He said, and then they gently take it and retie it to the vine. Now, that's a picture of Jesus. Are you catching it? That's a, that reflects God our Father. And yet religion all throughout the centuries has portrayed God as being, you, you, fell off the, you, you fell off the vine, you're back in the mud, cut them off, send them to hell. That is not the heart of God. It never has been, it never will be. God's heart is that we produce fruit, fruit that remains. Now, you obviously know that Jesus is not talking about us producing grapes. He said, I am the true vine, you are the branches. We are the branches. Turn around to somebody and say, hello, branch. Are you listening to me? And so listen. Those of us that are believers, those of us that have just placed ourselves into the hands of God and trusted Jesus as our Savior, we can fall off the vine sometimes. We're, We're still connected to the branch, but somehow the branch has fallen off. And listen. What, what I've seen, what I've, what I've been told through, through research is that grapevines grow very fast. And their natural tendency is to grow down towards the ground. Is that a picture of us or what? Even though we're, on the, even though we're part of the vine, even though we're branches, what do we always say? Look, you guys all went for wine before immediately. <laughs> Why? Because our, our, our nature that has not yet been regenerated, that has not yet been renewed, is, is naturally prone towards going towards the old side, the old nature. Our spirit is connected to God. And his life comes to us just like a vine. The life comes through the vine, through the branches, through the grapes. 
And the life of God comes from his heart to the Holy Spirit, to our spirits, so that we would outwardly produce fruit. And this is what gets people's attention in our lives. And so, yes, the natural tendency for us, if we're not careful, is to go back to the mud. From dirt we came, from dirt we're attracted. But there's times when it's not even what's in our hearts. There's times that a storm can come and throw a branch out of whack, and that branch can end up back in the dirt again. There's times when an attack, an animal can go through a vineyard and, and cause branches to get dislodged and end up in the dirt again. He doesn't desire to cut you off. He desires to very gently and with a heart of love and compassion lift you out of the muck, out of the mud, out of the garbage that you may have gotten yourself back into. And his desire is not to cut you off, throw you aside. His desire is to very gently wash you, cleanse you, get rid of the things that have gotten damaged, get the pests and the insects out of your life, and to then very, very gently weave you back into that vine so that you're up off the junk, you're living above your old life so that you can produce fruit. I want to take the next few minutes. I sense to go a different way with this service today. Yesterday afternoon about 4 o'clock, the Lord spoke to my heart. If you don't believe God speaks today, we can have a conversation later. Just let me finish. I know what I'm hearing from God. And I heard about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, I want to show my goodness to my people. I knew. I didn't have to ask God, what are you saying? I didn't have to pray for three hours. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He wanted to show himself mighty. He wants to show himself on your behalf. And we had bunches of people last night come up for prayer. This morning, in this service, I believe that God, again, wants to show his goodness. And he wants to show it to those especially, not exclusively, but especially for those who have, you're still, you're still connected to the branch, but whatever happened, happened, you've ended up in the mud again. And you know you can't stay there. You know that it's going to cost you your life if you stay there. God's not mad at you. First of all, God knew you were going to end up back in the mud anyway when he received you the first time. He knows everything. There's no surprises to him. But what he wants to do today is give you an opportunity to say, Father, I've slipped off the vine. I don't want to stay in the mud. I don't want to stay in this condition. I know if I stay in this condition, I know you still love me, but I'm never going to produce any fruit. And it's the fruit that I produce that glorifies you. There may be some people here today, you've been waiting for an answer from God for, for a long time. Today, I believe, is the day that he wants to show his goodness to you, his grace to you, his power in your life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask the prayer workers, I'm going to ask you guys over there, pastors, to come up here, stand up here. Come on, let's do this quick. What do you need today? 
What do you need God to do for you today? Have you, have you slipped off? Have you, have you fallen back? Have you fallen off the vine? And are you in the mud? Please don't be ashamed. Every one of us has been in the mud at some point in our lives, multiple times. Don't stay there. Do not stay there. Allow him to wash you. Allow him to cleanse you. Allow him to change the way you see the mud so that it's not so attractive the next time. That's called repentance. But there's others here. Are you going through some kind of a sickness? Have you been waiting for an answer from God? Is there a relationship that needs to be restored? Are you in trouble somehow? Whether financially or whatever way. Come up here. We want to pray for you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.